This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Welcome to the Hero Academy Podcast, the place where we can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes. I believe that frontline heroes such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those who have chosen to serve society. I believe in collaboration over competition. Here you will learn the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their passion. Sometimes we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing. Things you can do to make extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next. Inside this podcast each week, you will learn from people like you who are working full time, but still found time to create a course, grow a big team or a large audience or a profitable side hustle. The steps they took, their backstories and how they overcame burnout. The perfect blend of mindset and techniques. I'm your host, David Diem. Now let's get your dream lit for your freedom. Hello, my family, and welcome for joining us for this week's uh, episode of... Oh, wait a minute. Can't access my video. Okay, now we're good. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Hero Academy podcast. If you're a frontline hero, police officer fire, EMS, military, or medical professional, then you're in the right place, and this is the right show for you. This week, I'd like to introduce you to our guest, Jason, a.k.a. Motor Cop. Uh, He's the host of the podcast, What's Your Emergency? Did I get that correct? All right, yeah, I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name. How do you say it? Common spelling. Hoshauer. It is. Is 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 that German? Scottish. Uh, It's actually a... It was my dad's stepdad's name, so I... (laughs) I don't have a lick of German in me at all, although I do currently have a German exchange student living in my house. So, you know, maybe that's what we set ourselves up for 50-some-odd years ago. German exchange student. Uh, did she reach she uh, or she, he I have three reach daughters, out to you? So there is no way on God's green earth I'm bringing another dude into this house. Forget it. You're out of your mind, man. No way in hell. <laughs> Uh, no, we uh, we take part in a an organization called AFS. Don't ask me what it stands for because I never remember. And uh, we've had this is our second exchange student. We had an Italian uh, in from 2015 to 16, and she was the absolute bee's knees, man. She was great and ruined us for all other exchange students. Like we couldn't open our hearts again because when she left, it was like it just ripped us open. So we finally got to it. Uh, a whole year. How long do they stay with you? An entire an entire school year. So, oh wow. Uh, Mia is our exchange student's name, our current one, and she's been here since September and doesn't leave until the end of June. It's awesome, dude. Absolutely, oh, wow. awesome. that's incredible. Um, how? <laughs> so, can you oh, can you God, just tell us your you story real tell? quick? I've, I have so many of them. Uh, I'll I'll give you the the Reader's Digest version. How's how's that? Because it, it'll be a really long really long episode if I just go on a jag here. Uh, so I am a recently retired police officer after 23 years of 
Whew, oh God, so, such a long time. 20, uh, 23 years of service, 13 of which I spent on two wheels uh, as a motor officer. And it still blows my mind that they sent me a paycheck every two weeks to ride a bike. I mean, it's just just ridiculous. So that, that's been my professional experience. Uh, on the personal side, uh, let's see, we are just uh, about three weeks away from my 17th wedding anniversary. I have three daughters, uh, 15... 12 and 10. I host the podcast at wyeradio.com for What's Your Emergency with my best buddy, Justin Shore. The Happy Medic is my co host, and we talk about all things first responder, talk specifically about mental health, physical health, financial health, just the things that you don't tend to think about on, on any given day. We don't talk, you know, tactics and on the job stuff, it's more the, the behind the scenes things. Uh, and let's see, eight years ago, I started my financial coaching business. I'm a Dave Ramsey master financial coach. And I'm actually, now that I'm retired, that has been my, uh, going to be my sole focus in the, what I'm calling phase two of, of life, because I don't have to be anywhere on anybody's time anymore, which is why, you know, if, if you ever see this video sees a light of day, you see the nice beard I got going on it. The day I got hurt at work was the last day I shaved. So <laughs> it's... It's been awesome, dude. <laughs> you look like you look like a Navy SEAL uh, slash like um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, woodsman, I appreciate woodsman. that because uh, sometimes I just think hobo. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us uh, a little bit more about your career. Um, so, so what's your emergency? Is that is that like something that they say? No, on actually, the West we, Coast? we is that had, like a common thing. So, I've been a podcaster for about a decade. Our first show was called the Crossover Show, and very long story short, I actually met Justin, the Happy Medic, online, which is hilarious. Uh, it, it's a bit of a long story, but I had a a blog back in the day. We started our our, our respective blogs back in two thousand and eight, and it really started as a as a catharsis for me uh, after I, I got assigned to the bike in 2006 so from 06 to 08 it was just constant negativity right because I mean you can stop by a motor cop you're, you're getting a ticket that was the, yeah. the, the tagline for my website if you got stopped you deserved yeah. it whether or not you got a citation hey that's that's up to the individual officer but if it was me you're getting a ticket I mean there, there's no two ways about it I was that guy actually if you if you google motor cop right now I still come up number one, which blows my mind. The, the podcast or the uh, blog rather hasn't existed in in years, but I've kind of curated and created this alter ego. And I mean, I talk about myself in the third person. It's weird, but it really started as just uh, a therapy to kind of exercise those those uh, those demons that I would I would bring home with me. You know, I don't want to come home and yell at the kids, kick the dog, and you know, do all that kind of stuff. I needed to have a kind of a therapy to just get those all those that nasty stuff going on in my in my brain out into the world. And I thought maybe my folks will read it, maybe the wife, and that's going to be it. Uh, turns out, no, a whole bunch of people read it, and I get this email from some random dude years ago. This is probably two thousand nine, two thousand ten, early two thousand ten, I think. And he's like, hey, I, I think we know, you know I'm, I'm friends with this guy, Justin Shore, the happy medic. I, I think we we kind of live in the same area. Uh, very stalker like language, right? I think I think I know where you live. I'm like, whoa, man. 
hey, we're going to be at this bar Monday night at this time. We'd love to buy you a beer. And, I mean, that's that's my Achilles heel, right? So I tell the wife, hey, I'm going to go meet these two chuckleheads. If you don't hear from me in, like, 15 minutes, call the cops because I'm probably in a trunk somewhere. You know, I'm going to get kidnapped and extorted or whatever, maybe murdered. Maybe it was a whole sex ring. I don't know what's happening. But I walk into this place and meet this guy's name is Dylan. Uh, great guy. And Justin is sitting next to him, and he, Justin looks from Dylan to me, and he's like, Who, who's this dude? And Dylan says to Justin, this is Motor Cop. And you'd have thought he said, you know, this is uh, Slash or, you know, some, some famous movie star. He, just, he went bonkers. It was hilarious. I got to call my wife right now. Calls his wife. He's like, I'm having beer with Motor Cop. <laughs> and that was it. It turns out that uh, our lives have kind of done this, this you know, DNA kind of strand thing. I went to college with his wife, completely unbeknownst to both of us. The joke now is that she and I dated in college, and it's never not funny. I mean, I may have walked. I wish I could go back in time and see how close, like in proximity, we walked by one another. I never knew her, but he was at my college graduation. Uh, we've stayed at, at the same bed and breakfast. And when I found out we were pregnant with our first child, I wrote in the book. And this, this is a fairly large bed and breakfast. They happened to stay in that room one year later and read my story and I had wow. tears in their eyes. He told me this years, years later. And, he, and uh, so we're talking about cool places we've stayed. And I said, hey, there's this awesome place, you know, up on the coast. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. And uh, oh, it's the Inn at Schoolhouse Creek, I think is what it was. He's like, oh, yeah, that was, I've stayed there. That place is really cool. They have this water tower. I'm like, yeah, with a spy. And he's like, yes. He's like, did you stay in that room? And he said, yeah, man, it was awesome. It was our first anniversary. And he just stops and he looks at me and he goes, did, did you write in the book? I said, yeah. And he goes, did, is that when you found out you were pregnant with Faith? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, holy crap, dude. You've got to call Kim, his wife, right now and tell her that. And I did. And she was like, you've got to be kidding me. It's just, it's, God works in mysterious ways, man. We were, we were destined to be brothers. Uh, I'm an only child, but I definitely consider him family. And it's through this shared experience of being first responders. He's on the, I mean, if you look behind me on the, on the screen, you, you see the, the thin blue and the thin red, red uh, line flags. I would, my, my dad is, uh, is a retired firefighter. His dad's a retired firefighter. I just happened to go to the dark side and go down the law enforcement route. I was made to be <laughs> MC. I am. I'm not a motor cop. I am motor cop. Period. Full stop. We're done. And so we, we have kind of the shared experience of growing up in a firehouse, going to, you know, traumatic, heavy, difficult uh, details or incidents, and then having to decompress and, and process and, and all of that. And that's really why we both started our, our respective blogs. And then we just decided, you know what, let's let's start a podcast. Let's just kind of sit down and BS over a couple of beers and see where it goes. And we did that for seven years. And then uh, he was going for a new gig. And they found out about the podcast and like, you have to, because we had an explicit tag and we, we swore like truck drivers on the show. I miss it desperately. Uh, every. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, I was going to ask you if there was any oh, yeah, backlash they, from your department. There was no ever. social media Boy, policy when ever... I started. And I mean, it, it's funny if going on, on, on shows like, like yours, I've been on a host of other podcasts as well. And they're like, you started when? Holy, like you're like one of the original 
first responder like content creators and i'm like yeah <laughs> i yeah you, def- you're, it's, an OG, it's you're an og you're an og for it's, sure it's a, I mean, I'm not I'm not Officer Daniels or Mike the Cop big. Uh, they have been much more intentional with their with their content, but you know, it was the it was the Wild West back in the day. There was no policy. I got pulled into the lieutenant's office a number of times, the chief's office. Hey, we, we got to talk about what you're doing. I'm like, cool. What am I doing wrong? Well, it's just you know, my it, it. There's no policy. I'm not talking about the department. And I very, you know, respectfully told them to piss right off. You can't. No, there's. I'm not doing anything wrong. Because because you you nope. never mentioned nope. you and never it's, mentioned it's, the department. What's you really for. weird is going on podcasts you, now you, and using my last name. I was a no. I was I used the moniker Motor Cop because it it was uh, just that. It's it's a moniker. And like we used to do old Google Hangout shows, and I would wear my helmet with the shade that would come down, and you would just see, like, my chin. <laughs> I was it. I was completely anonymous. And I, I would change the circumstances of, uh, you know, traffic stops that I would do. I'd change the time of day, the sex of the driver, the violation. I would change all kinds of stuff. And it was just telling stories about what it's like to see life from the, the seat of a, of a police motorcycle. It was, it was fun. That's it was great. fun. It's great. Man, it's incredible that you started that long ago. You've been in the game for so long. Um, how oh many God. episodes between, do you think you recorded? Between crossover and what's your emergency? We're easily into five, six hundred episodes. Easy. We just, we just actually, as we're recording this today, is our and season three uh, wrap for what's your emergency? We always take. Chris, because I'm leaving to go up to family you know, up in Washington. I'm in the, we didn't mention, I'm in California. I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. And my dad lives up in Washington. So yep. we're, the, the kids get out of school Friday, and we're leaving at stupid o'clock Saturday morning, driving up to Portland to my brother, uh, my brother, he's technically my stepbrother, but uh, we love each other. So it's like, we just, brothers. But we, we each grew up uh as only children. So it's, it's been cool to have a brother now that you're like, I didn't have to deal with all your crap when you were a kid. This is great. So we'll go to Portland, stay there. And then the next night, next day we'll drive up to, uh, up to Washington. Um, so we've, we take that time off just to kind of reconnect with family. And I mean, we could bash record and schedule things out, but it, it's nice to have a delineation between seasons is what we've come to find. And it, it keeps us motivated. You know, every once in a while you get, I'm sure you've had this experience Well, a, a, a listener will reach out and be like, hey, you know, I love that episode on X. And every every so often, even after all these years and all these episodes we've done, I think to myself, why in the hell do we keep doing this? I mean, what, like, what's what's in it for us? I can just sit down and BS with my buddy <laughs> over a beer, and I don't have to record the conversation. But inevitably, when we are, in fact, record or not recording, we'll sit there and we'll literally say out loud, why aren't we recording this? This is this is go- this is gold. Oh this god, is gold. this could have been the best I conversation started, uh, in the world. We go to <laughs> yeah. right when the pandemic started to to pull back a little bit in the springtime. And I, again, keep in mind I've been medicaled out f- since July of 2020, and I have a, a portable. Um, it's called a Zoom H6, so a portable podcast studio, basically. And we would just go, we would go to the tap house and just push, you know, start drinking and hit record and just let let's see what happens. And you know, 
sometimes it's garbage and sometimes it, it works out to be a really good episode. And there've been a couple of times where the quality just wasn't there. So I didn't put it out. That's the big difference between the, in, the intentionality that we have with what's your emergency versus the, I mean, just shotgun approach to TCS to the crossover show. We I'd show up with a six pack and be like, all right, we got to record four episodes. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. Let's, Let's do a quick internet search. And then you would you could tell we batch recorded because by the fourth episode it was like, hey, hey man, let me let me tell you something. You know, it was just it was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> but yeah, we've we've done hundreds, hundreds of episodes. And it took us with the first show, it probably took us about seven years to get to like forty thousand downloads. And we're at the end of season three, and we just crossed uh seventy one thousand in three years. So I'm hoping I'm hoping next year we That's can have incredible. just a banner year and uh, and hit hit six figures for uh, for downloads. So your first season, uh, do you remember what kind of numbers you were hitting, or how how long it took you to hit that first you know, you know one thousand or it's one hundred downloads? I, do you remember how I love far? First responders. I mean, I, I grew up in a in a civil service home. I was a cop for almost a quarter of a century. Uh, first responders are some of the, the greatest, uh, most giving, selfless people on the face of the planet. They are also remarkably fickle. God bless them. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, no rhyme or reason, our episodes just, you know, go bonkers. And sometimes it's like, man, we put out great content and it just crickets. Nothing. No response. It's like that. That's uh-huh. that's uh-huh. the world of, of the podcast. You know, just just because you're yammering away doesn't necessarily mean that it that it connects with with people. And it's it's setting that intention for a show and trying to to frame it through. Okay, how how does this story benefit the listener? Even even shows like I love listening to uh, Smartless. It's uh, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and uh, Sean Hayes. And they interview, you know, their celebrity friends. It, whatever, doesn't benefit me in the least because I am not a an any letter list celebrity at all. But I like listening to, you know, guys like, uh, the last one I listened to was Jimmy Fallon. It, they make entertain me. If I, mm-hmm. if I can't derive some sort of wisdom from you, I better be entertained. And they excel at that. Justin and I try and do what we call edutainment. Like we're trying to educate people, but be entertaining at yep. the same time. Because if it's if it's a drudge to record, it's going to be a drudge to listen to. I don't want to. I don't want to listen to. That, that's why I can't do like I, I. I know it's a fantastic podcast, but hardcore history. I can't. I, I can't. I can't do it. It. I. Uh. It's. Oh my god. <laughs> It's just, it's so dry. It doesn't do anything for me. But I'll listen to Mike Rowe read a phone book. I mean, that guy is engaging, like, rolling out of bed. If, if you've not listened to uh, The Way I Heard It, that, that is by far and away my favorite, my favorite podcast. He, he is absolutely an astounding individual. I've heard his name. Uh, I've never heard of his show dude, before. It, I'll listen. I'll give it a listen. I don't listen. know what season he's on now, but they basically started as like short stories, nine to eleven minute episodes, and he doesn't tell you who the character is. It's some famous person from history, and he'll tell you their story 
from a completely different point of view that you may have never heard. And the whole time you're like, who is he talking about? Keeps calling him George. I, I, mm. Ends up it's George Washington. Or, and you're like, I, I never knew that about this okay. person. It's, it's fascinating. And it's, I mean, it's Mike Rowe. The guy's, the guy's got a golden voice. I, I wish. People are always telling me, oh, you've got such a great yeah. radio voice. I, dude, Mike Rowe makes you me do, sound you do. like Peter Brady <laughs> on that one episode where he had the fo- the change, and I sound like an idiot compared to Mike Rowe. The guy is, is he's phenomenal. How long have you been recording? Um, we started TCS, I want to say, like in 20, 2010, maybe 2011. Did you do any voice work, or I, it's just years no, and years I have, of practice? I've, it's funny you mention that because I've I've considered I, I it's not the first time I've heard oh you've got you've got a really good radio voice blah 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 and I don't know if it's if it's my voice if it's the quality of microphone or the roadcaster that I'm using I have no idea. It's not just the quality of the microphone. It's it's the way you enunciate your words and the the tonality and just the way you, you know change. Think, you're not God, boring this is to listen such to. Such a, a weird thought, but I think part of it is just spending so much time on the radio at work and knowing that if I mumble, if I'm not articulate, if I can't describe what it is I'm seeing, there are going to be some very real, potentially life altering things that come down the pike if I'm not clear. Have to, I have to be clear. I was at, For the last couple of years of my career, I was an NFTO as well. And actually, I started in law enforcement back in the mid-90s as a dispatcher down in San Diego. So I've, I've, I've been on the okay. radio okay. in you know, either public service or a podcast for a long, a long time. 30 a long plus time. years. And I, I've, as part of my kind of phase yep. two... I've I've considered looking into voice training or getting into voiceover stuff because I I can do that from my from my home. What's your, what's your primary business now? Like what I am in the midst the of working with a guy named Adam Wills who is uh the brilliant mind behind a little uh website called LEO to CEO and it's all about making that transition from law enforcement to the private sector and building your own business. He is also a, a certified story brand uh, guide and I don't know if you're familiar with story brand but that's Donald Miller's business. Yeah so I, I actually because I of am. Adam I picked up uh, <clears throat> Business Made Simple University. It's like $275 for the year and I just got done doing his training on sales funnels. So I'm working with Adam and setting that intention, starting a new podcast, all surrounding the world of personal finance. And just to to give context, a decade ago, my wife and I were about $80,000 in debt and I was working a ton of overtime and we were just making ends meet, like making no traction in our finances. But when we set our intention and started working with a written budget, a written spending plan because nobody likes the word budget i get it a written spending plan we paid off over seventy-seven thousand dollars in debt in 28 months on just my income living in the san francisco bay area it wasn't easy it was 
Wow. I mean, I, I missed the first two years of my second child's life is what it felt like because I was at work for 40, 50 hours of overtime on average a month. That's an extra week of work every month, an extra two and a half months of work every year. I was gone a lot, but we paid it off and I stopped working overtime out of necessity in 2011. And I didn't work an hour of overtime unless I was told to after that. Because I said, oh, I got burnt out. Hell yeah. I was going to yeah. say, I got burnt out of overtime too because I, I got used yep. to, I got yep. used to the income of overtime. Oh, it, that's, it, that's absolutely. one of the biggest traps too, it, which yep. you probably, you probably teach people, you know, getting used to that higher income level because oh, the yeah. overtime is almost always available. So, so it's like, you're always oh, making, but it's not your base salary. Shot. And it, it is. I call it the overtime. And it's cycle. a trap for you sure. Get, you get trapped. You get a. You get used to bringing in the the quote extra income. And I'll I'll do what I do on my show. I use air quotes on a radio show. That's just something we do. You get used uh -huh. to it, and it's not just that. It's the psychology of man. I have been working so much. I deserve insert thing here. And there, there's a distinct difference between the male officer and the female officer. The female officer. We'll go buy clothes, shoes, maybe some makeup, whatever. A few hundred bucks. Dudes, they'll go buy a $70,000 truck. Well, ni nice job, dummy. Now, now, you're, <laughs> now you're, uh, your monthly uh, car payment is $600 a month, which, by the way, necessitates you working more overtime. It, and it's, it's a trap. It's absolutely a yep. trap. But if you can suck it up, get on a, a written plan, I promise you, I, I can get you out of debt. I don't care how much money you owe. And now we're not talking about your house. I still owe money on my house. But even during the downturn in, uh, so I, I live in the, in the East Bay in California. And right now, as I sit here, my house, I live in a, a 1,260 some odd square foot house, three bedroom, two bath, you know, suburbs kind of a thing uh, on a postage stamp of, a, of, of land. And... At one time, we were paying between our first and our second mortgage, we were paying $3,300 a month. And now mm. through all of our, you know, acumen with, with finances, including uh, our taxes and insurance, we're, we're down to, I want to say like around $2,100 a month. But our home is currently worth somewhere in the neighborhood of about $700,000, which is just asinine to me. It's asinine. In 2008, when the market crashed, it went down to about two and a quarter. That's that's the nature not only of real estate, but California real estate specifically. It's probably true in uh, in your area as well, certainly. Yeah, I'm in I'm in New Those York. The, yeah, I'm I'm on Long Island, New York. The two and, most uh, expensive places expensive. on the planet, at least, or certainly in our country, to live: New York and San Francisco. And it, it I mean it it is yeah just unreal how much how expensive it is and that that's just housing uh gas here is five bucks a gallon you know a gallon of milk costs more here eggs cost more here we we i can see uh you know if i if i go up on the on the hills here i can see the refinery like from near my house where they make the gas <laughs> It's not that far away, right? You would think, oh, transportation costs. Yeah, that makes sense. No, it doesn't. 
it is way more expensive here because of taxes and you know we don't need to go off on a on a political discourse but it's expensive to live here so i don't want to hear your complaints about oh i live in you know insert other state here it, your mortgage ain't 3 grand i promise unless you were just so over leveraged but that's something we can we can deal with too and i, I found that most cops that uh, certainly was was my case i don't trust most people I just don't. That's that's the nature of what this job does to you. You stop having faith in humanity. Uh, I am proud to report that post, you know, post career, starting to come back a little bit. You know, I still look at everybody's hands when I walk in the Starbucks. That's never going to go away. <laughs> I'm still judgmental as hell about other people's driving because I'm better than they are. I just am. It's arrogant, but there it is. <laughs> What I found is that I've walked in most other cops' shoes. Like, I can identify with them, and they can identify with me. I have created a system that is cop-proof. It's firefighter-proof. I mean, if the firefighters can do it without eating the crayon, cops can certainly handle it, right? And that's... It's... When you find somebody that, that has done what you do and they've done something else you want to do, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Ask them how they did it and then do those things. And that is that is my goal with, with my financial coaching. We're in the middle of rebooting it. So don't don't go there now because the website's garbage, but it's, it's GPS financial coaching. I'm starting a new podcast called Badges and Budgets based off the book that I wrote uh, five, six years ago. That's also early quarter one goal for, for next year is uh, the second edition, talking more about post-law enforcement, how to prepare for retirement, because that's where I am now. And, you know, trying to be an example to the guys and, and gals in our profession and to let them know that you, you don't have to work all this overtime just to make ends meet. I will front load that with saying it. what I teach you isn't easy. It's not. I paid off almost $70,000 in 28 months. It was freaking hard. I wouldn't change a thing. Would not change a thing because the way I feel now, I mean, th the wife and I, we, we don't argue about money. We don't because we have a plan and we're intentional about it and we're communicative about it. We still have other issues. We are not a perfect ma marriage by any street. We had a row last night. <laughs> Ooh, I had to leave. I mean, it was... It was bad, right? But this morning, we went out for breakfast, and we're, now, we're okay now. What the argument over, was over had nothing to do with our finances. When you take a job that is as stressful, as damaging to your mental health and your physical health and all of these negative things, and then you add money crap on top of it, I mean, you've got a recipe for just gnarly, gnarly things coming down the pike. What I found is when we got our finances in order, so many other aspects of my life, my marriage, my parenting, everything just whoop, dovetailed together. And because I set that intention for one thing, my physical health improved, my mental health has been a work in progress, but I'm, again, it's it, that, that word intentionality is so very underrated if you aren't getting up in the morning and setting your intention for the day, for the week, 
for that month, for that year. And it doesn't have to be January 1st. It, it can be, you know, Tuesday, March 7th. Who cares? Everybody has the same number of hours in a day. It's what you do with it. It's, it's the same thing with your money. It's not how much you make. It's what you do with what you make. My budget is not your budget. Your budget is different than Gary's. Gary's budget is different than Bethany's. Everybody has different obligations, but there is a systematic way to approach it that you can personalize to your unique situation. That is what I'm building. What I uh, taught, what I taught my kids was it's not the how much oh, I, you that, save, it's absolutely. the habit of saving. It, it's so funny that the more you save, the the easier and more pleasurable it is, and not not just that we we talk uh, with our kids about spending, saving, and giving. Dave Ramsey is huge on that. You know, we we tithe. We give ten percent of our money back to God. Right. That's that's our belief, and then we save money. Uh, the way that retirement works here in California, at least with my department, is a little goofy. Uh, so I just got the notification, you are officially retired. Great. It's probably going to be three months before I get a paycheck. And if we hadn't set an intention years ago, knowing that that day is coming, it's an inevitability, or I'm dead and she gets a crap ton of money anyway, so who cares? We knew that it was going to be, you know, 60 to 90 days before we get paid. So on top of our emergency fund, we saved up three months worth of expenses. So when we don't have money coming in, we're not wondering, are we going to end up on the street? <laughs> you know, I don't need that stress. You know, I get up in the morning now and yeah, sure. There's, there's stress with getting four kids to four different schools and then picking them up and then taking them to dance and gymnastics and blah, 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 blah. But ain't nobody going to die because of those decisions, right? It's, it's a different perspective than going to work, being 10, eight every day and, and not you know, having to watch your back all the time and taking the stress of finances completely off the table allowed me to relax back in 2011 more than I ever thought was going to be a, a possibility, a, a reality. And for, for more cops, it definitely is. It absolutely is. If you are serious about it and if you want to be intentional about it, if you want to improve your marriage, get on the same page with finances, which means you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Spoiler alert. So don't be a little baby about it because, you know, he or she on the other half of this equation is going to have to do the same damn thing. That's the way marriage works. It's not easy. It's not. But if it's worth it, and I happen to believe firmly that it is, sometimes you, you know, you take a shot in the shorts. Bummer. <laughs> you know, and sometimes everything works out great. It's all, that's just life, man. That is just life. Uh, I'd be 17 How long years have you been married on now? January 8th. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Congratulations. Any plans for the, you know, it's, for the 20th it's funny anniversary? Being almost three years away, because let's see, our youngest will be. I am. Oh, 100%. Because you're a planner. Our, our youngest you're will a planner, be 13? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah 13, 13, 14, something like that. So 
it kind of depends on where we're living and if they if they are trustworthy and responsible individuals to take care of themselves. I would love to. Uh, I proposed to my wife on a cruise. Uh, I surprised her with a trip. She thought we were going to San Diego. We ended up going on a week long uh, Mexican cruise, and they had, they had a karaoke night. There's nice. like 200 people in this theater, and I sang. Uh, uh, Bed of Roses by Bon Jovi, because I'm a huge nerd. And then I brought her up on stage and proposed to her in front of all these people. And I would love to take her on a cruise again. Uh, not necessarily to Mexico. My dad and I took a uh, an Alaskan cruise that was phenomenal. <laughs> uh, so I, w- I would like to do that. You know, maybe maybe take the kids up to grandma and grandpa's and leave them there, ditch them for a week, and that might work out all right. That's a good plan, but uh, she you might listen hear to this my show, then, dude. You know. <laughs> The plan, the plan is out. <laughs> it's like, are you going to another podcast? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> my, my girl listens to everything that I'm on. She's my uh, nice. biggest biggest fan. She listens to every episode of the podcast and every interview that I've done. So I, you know what I, it is? I got to rack up more interviews. That's what it is. I got to do more <laughs> more podcast interviews. Because <laughs> she she listens she listens you know, to them all. I know I she's did... gonna hear this one too. No, so please, don't, don't uh, shout out shout to Hi, Teresa. <laughs> shout out to Teresa. Good on your girl listens Good to every you. episode. I, so I did an episode. Justin was out of commission for whatever reason, so I had to do a solo episode. And I decided to kind of kind of like with our with our money, we 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 brought the walls down and we're very uh, open book about you know the things we're going through. And I decided to do that about. Uh, my mental health struggles that I've been, you know, po- once you get off out of this job, it, it re-entering real life is very strange. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's different, man. It's just, uh-huh. it's just different. <laughs> and kind of dealing with the fallout of, of 20 some odd years of, of dealing with other people's problems. Cause nobody calls us to see how we're doing. They don't, they don't care. But anyway, so I, I do this solo episode. And uh, I didn't pl- really plan anything. I didn't write anything. I just hit record and talked about how I, how I was doing because I wanted to make sure that my listeners know, hey, just because you hear me and Justin, you know, having a great time and, and laughing it up and all that, that, that's not my real life all the time, right? Like I, I asked Justin, we had, a, we had a psychologist on and he's talking about, you know, a bunch of his stuff and, and she asked him, do you, do you ever get angry? He's like, no, not not really. And I was like, what? Dude, I'm angry right now at you. And I don't even know what, right? I'm, I just, that's kind of my go-to as a cop is you have conflict and let's let's do this, man. Let's go. You know, it's on. And that's, that's not healthy. That's not healthy at all. You see, so you have to have some sort of strategy to, to deal with that. And that's the nice thing about the blog and the podcast and, you know, and talking to folks like you is that you can, if you are of a mind you can let people in and people identify with that kind of thing and they get something out of your journey. Hopefully. I mean, that's, that's the goal for us at WYE radio is that we want to talk about what, what we're dealing with because we don't live in a vacuum We're we are not unique, beautiful snowflakes. We, the other people are going through the same kind of stuff. We're not, you know, special at all, but having the, the opportunity to kind of get on the, the, the radio for lack of a better word and and just kind of bleh and talk about stuff it was cool and it was weird because 
that happened to be an episode that my wife listened to. I'm like, you haven't listened to the show in years. And she's <laughs> like, no, I just, I think she, she, she's on my email list. So I sent out, I send out a weekly email for the new episodes. Hey, this is what we're talking about this week. She must have read that. And even my mother-in-law listened to it. And I was like, holy good God. <laughs> so that was a little, that was a little strange, but, uh, you know, her, my wife's deal is that she has always told me, I would rather hear those stories from you, like directly across the table, not listening to headphones or, you know, you, what uh, you know, performing for your, for your fans, for your audience, for, you know, whatever. I, I have to say that, you know, you, you said that Teresa is your, your biggest fan. Katie is definitely my, my biggest supporter. Um, Actually, over breakfast this morning, she was like, I feel like I've let you down because I didn't. we haven't done a, a retirement party for you. I literally, as we're recording this, I found out a week ago today that the medical board accepted my medical retirement application. So I've my official retirement date was now November 7th was my last day of being on paid status. So November 8th, I'm officially done. And... She's like, you've been, you've been off for a year and a half and we haven't celebrated that at all. I'm like, that, that's because we were in purgatory. We, we, did, we had no idea what was happening, when it's happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, they, it's, going out on a medical is different than a service retirement because there's so many unknowns. I was on 4850 time for a year. I, I wasn't allowed to retire. I mean, I was allowed to retire, but giving up tax-free money is kind of stupid. So that's why I drew that out as long as possible. <laughs> and she felt concerned that, that I might think that it wasn't any big deal to her, which is ridiculous. I mean, she, she has been my, my biggest supporter ever, 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 ever. I mean, and my mom. Um, so we're, we're planning a, a, a retirement party. You know, it's... And it's having that kind of support system at home that makes all the difference when, you know, if you're a day shift guy and you're getting up at 0400 and you're going to be gone for 10 to 18 hours, that's hard to maintain. That's real hard to, to maintain that sanity. And there was, there was one incident in particular. I was like fourth or fifth on scene for an officer-involved shooting, and it was – it was brutal. It, I mean, and he ended up dying. His name was, uh, was uh, Officer Kenyon Youngstrom. He worked for CHP. And I'm watching paramedics do, you know, CPR. And he took a, a gunshot to the chin. And blood's just spurting out. And I looked oh down goodness. and I saw his left hand with the, uh, his wedding band. And I just focused on that. And when they lifted him up to put him on the gurney, I was holding that hand. Me and a, a chippy motor, uh, CHP, chippy. We we escorted CHP, yep. the ambulance from the scene to the hospital, and I had spent the day ferrying people all over the hospital. You know, it was a lo- it was a it was a long day, and I came from the hospital directly home on the bike, full uniform. We don't have take home bikes, so it was a it's an anomaly. Usually, if I bring the bike home, that's because something bad happened. Either I'm shining or you know cleaning it to go to a funeral, or there was some you know terrible detail. So I come home and I I literally just fell into her arms and wept. I didn't cry. I wept for a very long time. And I can I can still hear 
Kenyon's partner yelling, live, live. I can still see the, the crimson of the blood leaving his body. I can remember what it was like to drive 110 miles an hour you know, down the center median of a freeway that is stacked up like cordwood. And I thought to myself, if somebody pulls out, I'm, I'm done. I violated multiple policies probably in the way I, I responded to an 1199 uh, by a signal 13, I think, uh, for you. Is that an officer involved? Oh, okay. uh, for us, it's right. ten one. So, uh, like okay. that means officer. It, when needs, that call comes help. out, whatever your particular code is, everything stops, and you go handle business. And having to stay on task, and I remember I could feel the emotion starting to well up, and I literally said to myself out loud, "Now is not the time. Knock it off. Do your job." And I did. And it was when I came home that I just let it all go. I did. I made two phone calls from the scene as soon as everything was, was code for. Nobody's outstanding in all that. They're still working on Kenyon. I knew that it was going to end up on social media. I called my wife to say, hey, I'm on scene with this thing. It ain't me, but I'm here. I got to go. I love you. And I hung up on her. And then I called my mom. She worked at a uh, Christian publisher in Colorado Springs at the time. And it's like, you know, a four-story building. It was a big deal. And I told her what was going on very briefly. And she said, okay. Well, turns out like she somehow got like on the PA or whatever. And that entire business stopped what they were doing to pray for what was happening. If it wasn't for my mom and my wife... And certainly my dad, because, you know, he growing up in, in civil service and having somebody to bounce these things off of, the support system. I don't know how you do this job if you're going to be that that crusty, everybody's an a-hole, you know, negative all the time. That th Those are the, the guys and gals, when they retire, they'll be dead in, in a few months because they don't... Absolutely. Yeah, I, stay, I as, stay away from as those you people. Should. <laughs> I, I can't remember the guy who, one of my favorite quotes, and I wish I could remember who, oh, it was Jim Rohn. That's who it was. You are something to the effect of you are the culmination of the five people you spend the most time with. Like whatever, whatever their predilections are, you're going to end up following in those shoes, which is a nice turn because you can also positively impact them. You know, you can be the, the leader you know, at WYE, we talk all the time about not solely identifying yourself as an insert job title, right? I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a father, uh, I'm a son, I'm a friend, I'm a, a podcaster, I'm an author, I'm a financial coach. Eventually, I'll get to cop, but it's way down the list. But it wasn't always like that. You know, when I was <laughs> 26 in the academy, you know, that was the end-all, be-all. It was so cool to carry a gun. Woo! baby that was awesome I, whatever I don't care about that I really don't because it's it's a thing I do I was good at it you know I was a I was a great motor I, I was productive I loved writing tickets I mean I was that guy but when it was you know time to go off duty I I was a husband and a dad and I would come home and do that job my I didn't hang out a lot with with other cops for the latter half of my of my career. The first half, oh man. Yeah, you get you're working weekend graveyard? Sweet. Let's go get drunk on Tuesday. <laughs> you know, that's just the that's what we did. 
because I I was young and stupid and I I didn't know that I could set those intentions earlier in my career. Had I made that decision in the first 10 years of my career, I was woo, footloose and fancy free with that money. You want to go buy a new PlayStation? Let's do this. No thought. No thought about it whatsoever. <laughs> the amount of money I've got in my checking account right now would be easily tripled if I had pulled my head out of the dark, smelly place back in 1999. But, you know, you got to go through a lot. You got you to figure these things out regardless of people telling you, oh, you should do blah, 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 blah. Find somebody that's done what you want to do and ask them how they did it and then do that thing. Yeah. That's the totally. cheat code. Yeah. You mentioned video games. Uh, I, used to, I used to work midnights, and uh, one day I looked down. So I used, to, I used to, on my days off, I'd stay oh, up until yeah. 2, 3 in the morning playing video games. Me too. Uh, I, just lo- I just love video games. And one day I looked down at all, I counted like the probably two dozen games, and I did the math, and I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I can't believe that I spent this much money I, you know, I, I calculated about how much each game, and I was buying yeah. like probably a game every month or so. So uh, I calculated like, you know, how much money I've spent on games. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was a scary yeah. number. I, you know, early in least. our relationship, I, I, I'm a giant child. I still like, I, I play uh, on the Oculus. I love VR. Absolutely love it. And I can get lost in it, but. A long time ago, early in our relationship, the wife's like, you spend a lot of time playing games. <laughs> like, it's, it was cute when we were dating, I guess, <laughs> but now it's significantly less so. And I really had to be conscious about, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this game. And God bless her, she was very, very understanding and worked with me and would say, hey, I need you to do a thing, uh... Are you, can you pause? Because some games, you know, some games have cutscenes. You don't want to skip the cutscene. That's the story, baby. I I need that, right? right? I'd validate right. my, you know, being the hero in Spider-Man or whatever. And I would just stop real quick and be like, can, can you give me two minutes? Wait, as soon as this is done, I'll pause it, save it, whatever. She's like, yeah, totally. Now, it, it's a huge difference than it used to be of like, yeah, <laughs> you, just keep, you just keep going, right? The big, uh, the big joke in my household uh, when we would tell the kids to turn off a game is that uh, I can't stop right now. I'm in a boss See, battle. Now, <laughs> if my kids said that, I'd be You're like, always in a boss battle. All right, you handle business. <laughs> I get it. That's awesome. Hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not, no, if not you're not all. a gamer, you don't get it. And and I'd have to, uh, I'd have to explain to my wife. Oh, listen. Boss battles are important. Yeah. You don't get hey. this, you know, every <laughs> you don't get this every 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 second of the game. Sometimes you gotta you, know, you gotta give them right. a little extra time for the boss battles. I hours getting to the demon dragon. I can't just stop now. Are you crazy? I'll lose my Horcrux. Like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's so many people that are out there playing games. Uh, like the numbers would probably, you know, it. it I think it's a little bit more normalized oh, now God. that it's yeah, on television. I mean, there are you entire know? YouTube channels that are dedicated to watching people play games. I, I, and I actually, I enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, you know, like early in the pandemic, we got deep into board games, like old school, not like Monopoly and all that nonsense. I'm talking about like take over your table, you know, level of, of gaming. And I will watch somebody play a board game 
because they I mean some of these some of these games have you know inch thick rule books. So I'm like, I I, I need to find somebody that's going to walk me through this. Yep. And I play it. Ironically enough, there's a game called Pandemic that is awesome. But then they did what's called a legacy game. Uh, they have season one, season two, and season zero. And my wife and Justin and his wife, we have played these games over probably the last two years. And you, you, you'll play a session, and it could take an hour. It could take three hours. And then you're, you know, it's, it's month to month, so it's a whole calendar year, and you get two chances to pass each month. And the way the game changes, you add stickers to the board. The The story is immersive. It's deep. The decisions you make will irrevocably change how you play. And every time you play the same season, if you were to go back and play it again and make dif- different decisions, it's a totally different experience. So I get watching people do it, but my kids, God bless them, they will watch you, the most inane nonsense on YouTube, and it drives me insane. And my wife's just like, you watch these things too? I'm like, it's not the same thing, woman. That's not cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My son playing Minecraft or watching YouTube videos of Minecraft. I I just, I didn't get that game. (laughs) I didn't either. I just didn't get that game. I'm like, I I don't don't, see, I don't don't see it. it. Are they virtual Legos? Why are you building a cape? What is happening? What is the point? Yeah, yeah, they're virtual. They're virtual Legos, and then you take a little pickaxe yeah, and I don't, you knock. I don't, you knock I don't at them. It. I mean, the, the people behind it have made a mint. God bless them. But it, that ain't. That is not my wheelhouse, man. <laughs> so, so now my two games uh, offline uh, is chess and oh. and uh, Texas Hold'em poker. You know, I'm, been, I'm looking forward to Christmas break because when my dad and I and my wife and my brother and his wife and some friends up there get together, we love to play poker. Absolutely love. I love Hold'em. Uh, if I could get into tournaments, I would. Uh, I have a crew. I have a crew. We meet every three weeks, and we have a 17-game uh, season. So it runs like a little bit. Uh, it runs well. This past year, we had to take a five month break yeah. because the state Thanks was shut New down. York. But <laughs> but typically, typically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Typically, well, oh, yeah. California was even oh, yeah. worse. I hear <laughs> with the lockdowns. But um, yeah, so we took a voluntary uh, seventeen month, uh, five month break. But typically, our season runs for the year, That's awesome. and we meet every three weeks. So it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's the same like 20 to 24 guys. We don't have more than 24 usually, but it's the same 20, 20 guys, That's two tables. Awesome. Usually it's that a lot of fun. Absolutely. Awesome. If we, and we, and we even have, oh, we even have watch a couple out for women them. too. They're, they're much, they are much better poker players. <laughs> much better. <laughs> yeah, they are great. They are yep. great players. Yeah, they, they, are. Can, they can have those dead eyes, you know, just, <laughs> just look at you. <laughs> if uh, let me let me ask you <laughs> let me let me ask you this question: If if money was no object and you had uh, Jeff Bezos' money, what would again. you do with it? <laughs> like you didn't have to. Yeah, like who? <laughs> oh my you'd god! You'd be on an island. Yeah. You'd be on an island somewhere. Uh, you know, all I really care about is being able to support my family. Uh, I would I would pay off my house. Uh, 
one of the cool things about watching what my what my dad has done last about a year ago, uh, he paid off his house, so he he has no debt at all. And I looked at him. I'm like, you you realize you're a millionaire now? Like he doesn't have a million dollars in the bank. That's not what a millionaire is. It's net worth. It's everything you own minus what you owe is your net worth. You don't owe anything, and all of this stuff, house, uh, you know, class A motor home, this, that, the other thing, is worth a million dollars. And he's like, isn't that insane? Like, yeah, that I want to be you when I grow up. That's that's amazing. I, I would pay off pay off my house. Uh, kids, you know, college is taken care of. I would, no. Would you buy them a house or would you have them I, uh, I, buy their own house? I would want, I mean, the easy answer is I would totally buy them a house, but I don't want to do that because that, that that's not teaching them anything, right? They, they got to they gotta understand the struggle. I think if they have enough money to support the uh, mortgage, or whatever, whatever they're working at, I, I would, I would definitely buy them each a house, but I would make sure that they could afford the mortgage. Like I wouldn't saddle them with one with of some the things. Like large earlier mortgage, this year, you know? we finally got our our last will and testaments dialed in. Like we hired an attorney and did the whole thing. And one of the things is, our kids are not going to see any money until I want to say maybe thirty. 30 years of age, um, mm. you know, I look back at myself 20 years ago now, almost, and I think, wow, you barely knew your ass from your elbow. And I can't imagine if, if somebody gave me that money. That's what I think about, you know, college football players. Look at look at uh, Johnny Football, right? Oh, my God. So you're, many, you're so many 19, of them. 20, 21-year-old kid, and they are giving you big boy money. It's no wonder that dude lost his mind and just blew all of his cash. I mean, the the typical uh, career for an NFL player is like three and a half years. And that's a, that's a boatload of money, but sweet, yeah. you're unemployed at 25, you left college, you have no skills other than, you know, pancake blocks or whatever. What are you going to do? You know, it. I want my kids to, to understand money and yep. its worth. I want them to work for things. I'm not saying that I wouldn't help. I absolutely will help. But, I mean, look look at today. I've got a 15, a 12, and a 10-year-old. I pay their mortgage, <laughs> you know? And, God, it, it is a it is a, a knockdown drag out to have them pick up their clothes off the bathroom floor. Like, I don't, I don't, they don't, there, there's that certain level of, of respect, right? When you, when you own something, you tend to treat it better. And I would hate to to buy yep. something large like that for them, and then show up and have it be an absolute garbage dump. No, I nope. You have you've got to you got to make your own bones, man. I got a lot of help over the years from my folks. You know, going through college and and I had a great time in college. I went to five schools over eight years. I loved school. <laughs> it was it was a blast. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a fine line between. Uh, how much do you let them struggle on yeah. their own and how much do yeah. you help them, it, you know? When I was going through my struggles, I mean, there were a number of times I, I called my dad and be like, I 
I'm eating toaster scrapings, man. Can you can you help me out? And and he would. He wouldn't what he would not do, he would not substitute subsidize my stupidity. Like he would he would help me out, but I had to learn some lessons too. And you know, sometimes walk into the Circle K to to get yourself a, a burrito for breakfast. Hey man, that's that's a hard lesson because that's not going to treat you well in any sense of the word. <laughs> but there's there, there's a certain amount of life experience there that you know teaches you things. You can extrapolate those lessons for the rest of your life. I'm never going to have to do that again because because I did it already. I'll make mistakes. I'll I'll find new and inventive ways. And I've told multiple chiefs this. I will find new and inventive ways to screw up. Absolutely. But I won't make the same mistake twice. So, I mean, it's kind of a, a flip side of the same coin. Like, yeah, Hoshauer, whew, that guy's, uh, he screwed up this other thing, but he'll never do that again. So stand by for the next stupid thing he, d- he does. <laughs> I think you mentioned it earlier, but uh, what, what's your next I'm project? I'm really that focusing you're on? on kind of rebooting and relaunching GPS financial coaching. I have a, an absolute passion for helping cops get their finances in order because I think living working on this working in this career in this field and living paycheck to paycheck has become so normalized and I think it is negatively impacting the men and women that that strap on a gun and put on a vest and put their lives on the line every single day it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't I don't care how much money you make I don't care where you live I don't care what your you know what your history is one of the things I tell the clients that I work with is, I mean, there's there's a whole analogy to, to what a GPS is, right? You think about the GPS on your phone or in your car. There are two things it needs to know, where you are and where you want to go. It doesn't ask you where you came from. It doesn't, it doesn't care where you were yesterday, and neither nope. do I. You made whatever decisions you made to get where you are today. We're going to have to deal with the the ramifications of those decisions. But if you're driving from point A to point B and you spend the whole time looking over your shoulder while you're going forward, you're going to crash into something. So stop looking at the past and, and making a big deal about the stupid thing you did with money. I've done more dumb things. I, I used to go to Best Buy every Tuesday, every Tuesday, because it was that's when new music, new movies, and new games got released. And I... I would go in there and just be like, I'm going to buy this, that, and the other thing. I didn't have kids. I wasn't married. So really, is it that big of a deal? Kind of, because it took me a long time to get to where I am now. And if I could go back in time and kick that guy square in the jimmy, I would. Because he was a a selfish, self-centered, narcissistic. I'm still narcissistic, so I guess that's not really not really fair. But uh, I am a motor officer, for God's sakes. I mean, that's that, that comes with the that comes with a helmet. And I, I would smack him in the face, and be like, "Hey, man, knock!" I mean, you can still do fun things. You can still buy some some of the things you enjoy. But spending money just to you know, they call it retail therapy, right? You get a, a there's a very physical experience that happens in your brain chemistry when you spend money you get a dopamine hit you you feel better that's just that's just biology i'm not trying to take that experience away i'm trying to show you how to gain it responsibly 
and with intention because eventually we're going to get you out of debt. And, you know, if you want to go, perfect example, I went to Total Wine the other day. I love bourbon. I love bourbon. And I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a few different bottles. And, you know, there's actually one in particular. It was an $80 bottle of bourbon uh, out of uh, Peerless Distillery in Kentucky. And I wanted to buy that bottle. But I saw a bunch of other ones I wanted too. And I'm like, okay, I could either buy these four different bottles for is it like 120 bucks or one bottle for 80 And I didn't even think about it. I'm like, I'm going to get these four bottles. It was great. I came home, told the wife, and she's like, cool. You know what I did? I took it because we have a line item. I'm, I apologize to all of the listeners. We have a line item in our budget for alcohol. <laughs> like we saved up $300 <laughs> just to go and because that's something I enjoy. I'm, I'm not sitting here with a, you know, a straw, a crazy straw and a bottle of bourbon sucking it down every day. But I, I like a cocktail every, you know, every so often. And I, I like good bourbon. So I dropped 120 bucks on four bottles of bourbon and didn't bat an eye because I didn't, I don't have a credit card. I haven't had a credit card in over a decade. I'll never have a credit card again. We can have a whole other debate about that. But I had money set aside for this purpose. So when I went there, there was no guilt, no shame, no nothing that followed me home. The same thing is true of vacations. We took our kids, uh, and our exchange student uh, back in 2015 down to Disneyland for like four or five days. That trip cost me like five grand. But we, it's a huge trip, but we yeah, saved for trip. it ahead of time. So we were able to enjoy the experience without handing over a credit card and being like, well, this bill is going to show up someday. That vacation, the only thing we brought home with us was memories. That's it. We didn't bring home debt. We were able to experience that in a completely different way than most people do. Most people are absolutely broke. They can make, make good. They can make real good money, uh-huh. but <laughs> they don't. They don't feel like they're making any kind of traction in their finances. They don't feel like retirement is an option. I'm 49 years old. I'm retired. That's insane to me. But I'm not going to sit on my on my backside and, you know, play video games all day. There are some days that I spend, you know, a couple hours playing. It's fun. But I set that intention ahead of time. And I'm like to circle back to answer your question that I want to help other first responders feel the way I do now. It is so very possible. And I don't care if you're a year away from retirement or 30 years away from retirement. God, if I can get to that 30-year guy, oh, it's not going to take him 30 years to get to retirement. I promise. Do you have a one-sheet spending plan, or is it like uh, I use? It uh, we use a software called YNAB. You need a budget. That's what it stands for. You need a budget.com. Uh, and, and, of, and, of course, I have an affiliate link for it. So if you want to okay. check it out, you can go to wyeradio.com slash YNAB. Uh, and it's actually on my phone. I take my budget with me everywhere I go. So when, like, for example, when I was, uh, when I was working and I would have a, a lunchtime budget of, I think it was like 30 bucks every two weeks. Most of the time I would take lunch from home. But on those days where I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling tuna today. Let's, you know, let, let's splurge. 
you know, I would go to In-N-Out or Chipotle or, you know, what Jersey Mike's or, or whatever. And I could look at my phone and be like, ooh, I only have $6 left on my budget for the rest of this week. Well, that means I'm going to In-N-Out because, you know, they, they love the cops. So, you know, I, I can get a I can get a double-double for like, you know, <laughs> three bucks. Sweet. So I, I carry yeah. our budget with us. Uh, it's on mobile. It's on my uh, laptop. It's everywhere I need it to be. And it doesn't have to be this, you know, tome. You, know, you, you put it down and dust pops off of it and, you know, it feels heavy. The, the most liberating thing I've ever done with money is create a, a spending plan. Absolutely. It, it is so liberating and it makes me feel this, this sense of control that every cop has. We have to control every aspect of our lives, right? You walk on scene, you're looking at me, you're doing what I'm telling you to do. Because check it out, badge, gun. I say jump, you, your feet better hit a certain height, right? Because I'm in control of this situation. And the, the, the budget is something that I and my wife can control. And funny story, I actually gave up control of the budget to my wife. She's the one that does the budget now. We talk about it. We have budget meetings. But they last, now, they last like five, ten minutes, maybe, every, every month. That's it. it. They're not, you know, epic weekend-long diatribes on, you know, how we're going to spend our money. Because we we've already done that, the, laid the groundwork for that. It can be very, very overwhelming to try and do something on that magnitude without a guide and being able to work with your partner. And that's that's what the G in GPS stands for. It stands mm-hmm. for guiding. Guiding, planning, and serving. I've been I've been a public servant most of my adult life. I can help you plan for the future and y- you my my clients, they are the heroes in in their own story. I am simply the guide that gets them from where they are to where they want to be. Hell yeah, Donald, absolutely. Donald Miller story brand. Absolutely. I love it. And it's funny, I, I named GPS before I knew who Donald Miller was. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I just recently listened to his uh, audio book, and then I went on to uh, his website and started, you know, working through oh god yes. it's a really really good resource yeah. uh it's um mystorybrand.com it's it's a really really good resource what's your definition of a hero Ooh, since you mentioned the definition hero? of a hero off the cuff i would say uh a hero is somebody that sees a problem that needs solving and works with purpose to overcome whatever adversity exists whatever their definition of uh, adversity is. That, and that's kind of the, the thought behind our, our podcast. What's your emergency? It's not what's MC's emergency. It's not, you know, what's, what's going on with fire emergency. It's what's your, what is, our listeners are the your in that title. What's your emergency? What are you dealing with that we can help you overcome? Anybody can. I was thinking, when you, when you said that uh, you were going to start another podcast, I was thinking you can just shift the focus of what's your emergency to 
the financial world. I, I was thinking you don't need to necessarily. Uh, it's a it, great title. It is. It is. I, I think what I may end up doing, because the opener for our show uh, says you're listening to the WIE Radio Network, I may make it a part of the network, which is just a thing we made up, but whatever. It sounds really cool. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I think one of the things I, I love, love about creating content is it, it doesn't have to cost the the consumer, the customer, the listener, anything. Look at, look at uh, guys like Donald Miller, Pat Flynn, Dave Ramsey, Michael Hyatt. All of these people have books, podcasts, free resources. You don't need to give them any money. It's a lot easier, you know, you get from point A to point B a heck of a lot faster if you do. Like guys like Pat, I don't know if you're familiar with Pat Flynn. He's from uh, the Smart Smart Passive Income. I I am, I am. such a massive am. fan of Pat's. Yep. If he comes out with a product, I just give the dude money. I'm like, here, here you go. This is pro- this will probably benefit me at some point in the future. But because I took his affiliate marketing class, like four, three and a half, four years ago now, I've cleared a hundred thousand dollars in affiliate income over that span of time, and that course cost me like six hundred, seven hundred bucks. That's a hell of a return on your investment. So when he come, when he comes out with a book, I'm like, yeah, I'll That's buy incredible. it. I'll buy four of them, and I'll give them to people. I mean, just I am so grateful for Pat. I am immensely grateful for him, and I've been, I've been fortunate enough to meet him and tell him that face to face. It's um. I wanted to ask you about your your uh, your email list. Uh, did you start growing it after listening to uh, Pat's course, or? Long before I think that. it was Pat that introduced me to the concept of an email list, and I went for a very long time just kind of collecting emails and whatever. I wasn't, again, I wasn't intentional with it. And one of the things that I'm working with, with Adam about and learning from Donald Miller is the whole sales funnel and why communicating with your, with your audience through an email list is such a big deal. People talk about, Email marketing is dead. No, it's not. Oh, my God. Do you know how many emails I get in a freaking it's day not. from people? I'm like, it's not. <laughs> when did I sign up for this? And there's some I just, I, I either unsubscribe or I bounce out. Uh-huh. <laughs> but there are some, like, I, I get emails from Pat. That guy can send me emails until the end of time. I am never going to unsubscribe from anything he does because he has provided so much value to my life personally and professionally that, I, I'm I'm just so I'm so grateful. I've learned that, you know, it was it's funny. Make it a, a real personal story. My mom died a couple of years ago, and she was going through. She fought this many iterations of cancer: breast cancer, skin cancer, pancreatic cancer, brain cancer. Brain cancer was the one that eventually got her. But I talked about it on the show, and I emailed my list and said, "Hey, if you are of a, a proclivity." Could you please pray for my mom? And the outpouring of support I got from people who landed on my list for whatever reason, either they you know downloaded a free chapter of my book or they got a free PDF copy of my book or they liked the show, whatever. I was inundated. There's, there's one guy in particular. His name is Jeff. He lives in Australia. I've never met Jeff face-to-face, ever. I consider the man a brother. He has he's been so supportive and so loving towards my mom, towards me and my family, 
He sends us Christmas packages. I mean, when we we went on a 23-day epic road trip this year, uh, the five of us and our two dogs, and we took uh, Flat Jeff. We took a picture of him and uh, laminated it, and he, so he went to Yellowstone with us, and we posted all these photos of this dude <laughs> on the other side of the planet all because I put out some content, somehow it made it to his ear holes, and I, we just we make this connection. That's what I love about the, the power of, of social media, of content creation, of course design, curriculum design, is you get to you get to help other people. That's why we took this job however many years ago. I, I mean, it, they asked you in the hiring, why, why do you want to be a police officer? And I said the the standard answer, I want to serve my community. I want to help people. And I told the story when I was a, a dispatcher. I was working graveyard, and I got a 911 call. I'm the only one there. It was at uh, uh, college police at down at uh, UC San Diego. So I'm the one doing the radio, answering the phones, answering 911, dispatching officers, all that stuff. And so 911 rings, I answer the phone, and it's this woman who was hysterically crying. Couldn't understand a word she was saying, but back in the day, it was a landline, and up came the address. So I start units towards her, and I hear her, you know, cry, 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 cry. He tried to rape me. Cry, 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 cry. That's all I got. So possible 261 in progress at this location. So get units with her within like two minutes. And a minute and a half later, they find the suspect passed out in his car, and they yank him out of his car by his hair. God bless him. And what I told the, the interview panel is that, you know, I was the only person on the face of the planet that could help her at that particular moment. She picked up a, a phone and got me. The high that I got off of that, the adrenaline dump, sign me up, dude. I need more of that because that felt amazing. Absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah, by the way, I got to help her, and that's that's great too, right? So I kind of gave that the duality of that answer because cops are nuts, dude, and, and firefighters are bonkers too. They run into burning buildings. We run toward gunfire. We're all certifiably insane, Yep. but it feels so good, yep, yep. you know, and that, that's – if I can help other first responders – get to the end of their career in, in such a place with their money that, you know, they can look back at their, at their career through a different lens, uh, a lens of appreciation, of gratitude. It's a lot different when you can retire and not be like, how in the hell am I going to make my, my mortgage payment this month? I am, I am so stressed. I still get stressed, but it's, it's never about money. Just it just isn't, and I and I lived in purgatory for eighteen months. I didn't know if I if they were like, going to surprise me one day, have a unit at my house, be like, "Hey, throw on your uniform, or you're going to work." What? <laughs> I don't know. No, thank you. I want to be done, but I just didn't know. But I didn't have that additional stressor of of the money thing, and the money thing is a massive part of life. It's a massive part of life, and getting handle on getting a handle on it. It, it alleviates so many other issues you never re realize or recognize are connected to it. Oh, yeah. Money money's like water. You know, you absolutely, yep. it's, it's like air. You absolutely yeah. need it. And it's only a problem when you don't have, it's a problem yeah, when you don't have it. Absolutely. 
people are going to keep giving you money. They are. It'd be it your through your work or or whatever. But what we one of the things I love to to talk about is the story of when we first started creating a, a written plan. When we first wrote down all of our obligations and the money coming in, and we use what's called a zero sum budget. So all the money coming in minus all the money going out, and out can mean to bills or to creditors or to uh, a line item in your budget, equals zero. Every last cent has a job, has something to do, somewhere to go. Because if you don't tell it to do that, it just disappears. And we found that we were basically pissing away $500 yep. a month. On what? You ask good questions. I have no idea. That's $6,000 a year that was just coming into my checking account and leaving again because we weren't thinking ahead. We were budgeting reactively. It was, okay, where'd our money go last, last week? As opposed to, hey, we're getting paid today. Let's plan for the next two weeks. It's a, it's a totally, it's a huge mindset shift that when you can make it, that, that changes everything. Everything. Do you find people hesitant to uh, oh god yes broach that money topic because there's so many people that are that are uh, you know so hesitant to talk about it and bring it up. Um, and what one one other thing I wanted to ask you. Um, you don't have to answer if it's too private. But how many do you have uh, on it your email list? But I've I've I keep it right around five hundred. I tend to, I, and, and part okay. of the reason. And when did you start oh growing? When did you start long, growing? Long, 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 long time ago. At one point, it was over three thousand, uh, but I, I part of it was like wow. a, a weird bot thing, and once with the the email service provider I use, it's called ConvertKit. If you go over a certain number yep. of subscribers, they bump you up to the next tier. It gets expensive. It gets real expensive. So I did, I kind of culled my list, right? I sent out an email, said, hey, if you don't respond to this email or if, if I see you've not opened emails in the last six months, you're gone. Like, I don't, I don't sweat when I get unsubscribers. I like it when people unsubscribe because that means I'm, I'm, not, their, right. I'm not their cup of tea, and that's fine. Right. I, I, my, my narcissism doesn't go that far, right? Like, I, I don't need somebody else to tell me I'm the bee's knees. I'm aware. Right. So when I get an unsubscriber, it's like, okay, then they weren't vibing off of, you know, what I'm, what I'm delivering. Great. You're saving me money. Thanks very much. So, yeah, I, I tried because I the the tier I want to say is like a thousand subscribers. Maybe it's maybe it is five hundred actually. And I, I reached out to them because I knew my my annual plan was coming back up, and I thought eh, I don't want to spend four hundred dollars for you know the extra six people that probably aren't opening my emails anyway. So, one one yeah, once a year I'll go right. through my list. So who like, can I cut? You're out. Nope, you're out. <laughs> nope, you're out. It'll be interesting to when I relaunch GPS because there's there's a whole plan that, that we're creating that I'm re, I'm hoping I'm hoping my list goes insane. I'm hoping that it costs me more money because that means I'm reaching more people. They're digging what I'm you know what I'm having to say. They're they're taking in my my content, and you know eventually they're either gonna buy my new book or they're gonna gonna buy my five-day budgeting challenge course or they're going to buy my full-blown course or they're going to hire me to work with them one-on-one -on -one and create their unique plan to 
get them out of debt and to set them up for retirement way ahead of time. And, th- and those are all, you know, they get that gets more expensive as, as time goes, as, as the products go on, you know. I'm curious about your email list because it's uh, one of the things that's on my list of, I've had various email lists and I just let them die or, uh, you know, I, I've gone to different providers and I've switched. You know, I had Git Response, I had Active Campaign. I don't think I've ever had ConvertKit, but I've had I'd ha- I've had different ones. And um, growing my email list is a high yeah. high priority for me for this year. So so I'm going to spend uh, a month working. Pat Flynn working has on a that. Uh, has a course on email marketing, and you cannot go wrong giving that guy some of your money. I promise. He he is the king of of email marketing. He really is. And one of the things I I, what I love about Pat I like, is that I like dude Pat. is he is so transparent and so authentic that I that I want to be the Pat Flynn of the you know first responder personal finance niche. I want I want to be that guy. I will tell you how much money I make. I will tell you where I, I will I will take a snapshot of my budget and show you. And I've actually when I was leading uh, Financial Peace University with our church years ago. We actually did that one day. We brought a projector in and boop, popped up our budget and be like, this is kind of, this is how we do. Because people are always asking us, how do you deal with this, that, and the other thing? So we just did like a bonus class and said, this is the hot shower experience. This is, this is how we live life. I have no, I, there are no, no boundaries when it comes to me talking about our money. It just, you know, like to kind of go back to the question you, you alluded to earlier. There's some that, like there's the three things you never talk about at Thanksgiving, right? Politics, sex, and religion. It's 2021. We are all talking about sex online all the time now. I mean, I can't scroll through Instagram without seeing what you know something sexual. Money is the new sex. Money is the new taboo topic. It depends on what oh, you. Yeah, it depends true. on what you click that's on. True. What you like too. <laughs> Money is the is the new the new taboo thing. That people don't talk about, right? You don't. You don't ask the the ladies how much how old they are. You don't ask anybody how how much money they make. Like, there's certain things you just don't bring up. And I think if we take the the mysticism, maybe some mysticism. of the, the guilt and the shame, because there is all kinds of guilt and, and shame surrounding personal finance, which I don't. I don't get. I don't. I would. I wish there wasn't. Mm. You know. I think that if you can lead by example, which is something that, you know, they try and beat India in the academy. You you are the, you know, the the half a percent of people of the population that will stand up and do this job. You have to lead by example. I don't care if you got stripes or bars or, or whatever. You can be a leader regardless of your rank, regardless of your position. I mean, I, I did that for years. I, I never promoted. I just, it, that wasn't meant, it wasn't in the cards for me. But if somebody had a question about money or about traffic in an 800-person department, I was the guy they asked for years, for years, because I have a passion for both of those things. You know, I became a post-certified master instructor. I rewrote the basic collision investigations course for the state of California. It's a 40-hour class, and I did. it's a basically a master's level work in, in uh adult learning and curriculum design because I have a passion for traffic related stuff. I'm a total nerd, man. 
You want to know how fast a car was going based on the skid marks or the damage profile or how far the pedestrian flew? I can tell you all of those things. I love that stuff. It like ma- I get math, right? In math, there are right and wrong answers. Everything else in life is open to interpretation, right? Yep. We can argue about almost anything, but one plus one is still freaking two, and you cannot tell me different because you're wrong. That's math. It's it's got a finality to it, and money is is very similar. It, it adds up, and then you subtract it. Then it adds up, and then you subtract it. There's there you don't need to know trig. To, to get your finances in order. You got to know how to add and subtract. Occasionally multiply, maybe? Maybe divide, but that's it. That's the higher function, highest function you're going to have to worry about when it comes to personal finance. Jason, I know that you got another call coming up, and I want to respect your time. I really appreciate having right. you on the show. I got four more questions for you. Uh, hopefully, it'll only take oh, you like four fire. minutes to this. answer. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, ra- rapid fire. So I already asked you what a hero was because I always ask that question. But uh, you already have a really busy plate. What made you add coaching it, to it? <laughs> it's funny. It's partly very selfish. It makes me feel good. It really does. I love it. That's it's that's real. a great that's a great answer <laughs> because uh, that's why I'm st- I'm steering people towards coaching yeah. because it makes uh, you absolutely. feel good I mean, that, and that, and that you should help be people. the part of it that kind of goes. Without saying, right? If you if you go to a personal trainer, you, you'd like to think that they're getting something. They're obviously there to help you. But did you ever stop and think maybe they're getting some sort of personal satisfaction yep. out of it as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're they not, enjoy the training people. <laughs> All right. Number three, when uh, you're starting to feel kind of stressed out because of everything that you have going on, how do you uh, show yourself love and how do Easy. you save yourself? From that breaking music, point. either listen to it or play it. Uh, I picked up the banjo back in 2018, and that spun into a whole other thing. Uh, I've played the banjo, the dobro, the guitar, acoustic and electric, and a few weeks ago I picked up a bass. And I've gone through all of those musical instruments to discover I'm a friggin' bass player. I love it. I freaking love the bass. <laughs> You just gave me an idea. So I was thinking for your 20th anniversary, you guys should try to go to Australia and you should seek out a didgeroo. A didgeroo. I can't even pronounce it. Yeah. It's funny. A didgeroo. We, we were on our road trip this year, we were at uh, somewhere in Oregon and there was this the shop that had a didgeroo and all three of my kids were like, no, dad, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally see you playing one of those, especially with the beard, especially with the beard. But but you got to You got to shoot video of it with you and your wife. That's fantastic. Music is is the the constant in our home. Uh, We are always there's almost always music on either we're playing it or we're listening to it. Um, Well, last night we were were supposed to go to a concert last night and we we got into a, a, a brouhaha and. We decided that our, our marriage is more important than, yeah, than yeah. catching a show. But it, it is, you know, Shakespeare said it, it's music is what soothes the savage breast. It's not beast. It's breast, by the way. And it, it's totally true. Uh, you, can, you can change your, your feelings. You can change your heart rate based on the music you listen to. It will change everything. 
And I, again, intention is kind of my, my go-to word. I, I try and be very intentional in what I listen to as well. Well, music, it, the sound waves activate oh, totally. brain waves. And to- it's it's been proven, extraordinarily powerful. You know, extraordinarily it, powerful. It's been and proven. learning how to play it, learning music theory has been amazing. All right. Two more. Two more. What's your, uh, what's your best ability? What's your strength? Is it? Uh, my humor. I can, uh, yeah, I've, I've got a pretty good mouth on me, (laughs) which, you know, occasionally at work got me into trouble, but I've got, I've got an uncanny ability (laughs) to, to make people laugh. That's good. Uh, just for fun. If you had a comic superpower, what would it be and why? I've always been enamored with the, the power of flight. Not 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 specific. I'm not a huge not Superman guy. I'm a Marvel I'm a Marvel guy. I mean through and through. Uh-huh. Absolutely. But I, I think, you know, people always say, oh, if you could be an animal, what kind of animal would you be? I, I, my go to is always bird. I mean, how cool is it to be like, I'm gonna go over there and just go in a straight line. <laughs> you know, way up high. A falcon, a, a falcon fly like really, really fast down. Uh, did you watch Invincible? No, no, on Prime? no, I did not. All right, so so on Prime they have two superhero shows that you have to watch. One is called Invincible. It's animated, but okay. it's it's for adults. It's really, really good. Oh, I've seen every episode, and the other one is called every The Boys. That thing you, that's genius. Oh, so if you loved. It is genius, and if you love the boys, you will okay. absolutely love right. Invincible. You have to watch it. It's it's that good. I watched it twice because I watched it once on my own, and then I told uh, my lady, I'm like, you have to watch this show. <laughs> and she enjoyed it, and she's not a big anim- animated uh, movie we type We did that of, with uh, – I watched the whole first season of Ted Lasso, and I, I binge-watched it in a day and a half and got – I think I was on a trip. I came home, told my wife about it, and I watched it again with her. And if if you've not seen Ted Lasso, you want to talk about good TV shows, that's one of the top five show of all time. Of all time. It's brilliant. It's it's on Apple TV. It's absolutely brilliant. All right, brother. I I really respect your time, and I, I appreciate having you on. Um, we will we will definitely continue the conversation uh, offline at, at another point because I know you got to jump on another call. But I just want to thank you for all of the work that you've been doing. You. It's it's uh, sorely needed. Um, people need to stop yeah. living paycheck to paycheck. Um, I, I don't live paycheck to paycheck. I beat that demon Good like a you. few years awesome. ago. <laughs> but uh, but um, I know that I did live that way for a very, very long time, you know, um, above my means, living off of overtime and just need, needing to work is, the overtime. It, it, was, it was very stressful. No you doubt. Know? Well, th- thanks for having me on, man. I, I love coming on other people's shows and, and just having a conversation and reaching, reaching new folks. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd love for your, for your audience to come check out WYE radio. It's a, it's a good time. It's fun. We have a, some some shows are uh, you know more serious and some we we just kind of let our hair down as it were. No offense. 
No problem. No problem. <laughs> I've been bald. I've been bald for like 20 years now. <laughs> there was always a joke when I was working is that I, it, my hair was, it's like a, a life of its own. I'm wearing, obviously wearing a hat. You can't see it, but I would put my helmet, my hair would look perfect. I put my helmet on, wear it for a couple hours, take it off. Hair still looked perfect. And every other motor officer is like, how the hell, how, how is that possible? You don't have helmet hair. I'm like that superior genetics, son. I got uh, two shows just before I let you go that you have to go on and have a conversation with them. One is called Talking Filthy, Talking Filthy Policing. Uh, oh he's yeah, Dan Pirate. Spencer. He's the owner of. Uh, they filthy, are the official coffee sponsor filthy Pirate. of WYU Radio. Uh, yeah, uh, I haven't. Yeah, been on, yeah, yeah. so you've been on his show. Hours. That sounds good. All right, so you got to do the reverse. You got to go on his show. He's. He's an awesome guy, and the other one is two cops, one donut. Okay. Eric Eric Levine, Levine. He's Fantastic. he's really really good good people. He's down in Texas. He's down in Texas, and uh, he does it uh, very conversational style. I'll have to, and I'll have to reach out. I, I plan on doing him. a lot of uh, podcast interviews, probably early quarter one next year, to you know kind of prime the pump for uh, the new stuff that 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 I'm launching. So that's a good idea. Yeah, it's an excellent Absol- way. Absolutely. It's an excellent and, and way to the to get target, your you know, market there. I'm aiming at. All all those coppers. Yes, sir. All right. All right. I'm gonna uh stop the video and uh just hold on, all right? Don't go anywhere. All right, all right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of their story, and I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at David Leith, the number one. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.